Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. I'm worrying about the narrative that is now happening amongst women where women are like, oh, you don't have a business. Oh, you're not an entrepreneur. And now women who stay at home with their children are feeling badly. And I'm like, no, that's not the point. The point is empowering women to have whatever they want. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. From the life of a housewife feeling stuck to the $1 billion sale of her company, Lisa Bilyeu is the definition of a success story. Billion can sound like this far off unreal number, but I can assure you that Lisa is as real as it gets. Lisa is the co-founder of Quest Nutrition. She's the president of Women of Impact, and she's the confident, unapologetic, no BS voice that fires up hundreds of thousands of people to seize and celebrate who they are without justifying it to anyone. I'm really looking forward to this conversation with Lisa because I know we'll leave everything on the table. When did she step into entrepreneurship? What was it like building a billion dollar business alongside her husband? What does she have to say to the people who challenge her decision not to have children? How does she handle and harness negative self-talk? And what's next for the woman who champions the power of all women? This is going to be good. Buckle up. Here she is, my friend, Lisa Bilyeu. Thanks to Purple for supporting my show. Your Purple mattress really is comfort for an uncomfortable world. Get 10% off any order of $200 or more by going to purple.com slash golddigger10, promo code golddigger10. Terms apply. 
Thanks to Sakara for supporting Gold Digger. Sakara is a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. Their organic, ready to eat meals are made with powerful plant based ingredients and designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. And right now, Sakara is offering you 20% off your first order when you go to slash gold digger or enter the code gold digger at checkout. So this guest is someone who is so special to me, and we actually had a good laugh. I think we need to kick off with our little story about what we were believing. But this guest has been on my vision board for this show for so long. She embodies so much of what Gold Digger is and what our audience loves and resonates with. So welcome to the show, my friend, Lisa Bilyeu. Thank you, girl. And we were laughing so hard because I told Lisa when I reached out to her, I was like, I'm kind of nervous to do this. I have your phone number. We text all the time. But will you come on my show? And she goes, wait, I didn't know if I was good enough to come on your show. So wait, let's talk about that first. Yes. Oh, my God. All right. So let's back up. A couple of years ago, we met each other at an event in Puerto Rico. Brendan Bashard, our joint friend, introduced us. And obviously I'd known about your podcast, but I didn't actually, I hadn't known who you were. So I didn't recognize you. And so someone was like, oh, that's, you know, I was like, oh my God, like her podcast is freaking fire. (laughs) And, you know, at the same time I met you and Rachel Hollis and I was like, oh my God, talk about being around women that I admire, respect. And the little Lisa inside me, the super insecure Lisa, the Lisa that still sometimes believes that she's not good enough, it reared his ugly head. And so when I was around you guys, I was like, oh my God, I feel like I have to like bust my ass to even keep up with these ladies. And I literally said in that moment, like you were so sweet and you were so kind and we had such a fun time. And I always said to myself, I don't care what success quote unquote means to other people. At the end of the day, I have to earn a spot. And I want that. I find joy in that. I find a drive in that. So even when I said that little insecure Lisa had that, you know, that voice in my ear, it's powerful, girl. If you know Mm -hmm. how to harness that negative voice to bring you power, my superpower, but it used to be my kryptonite. It used to bring me down. It used to hold me back. And over the last, let's say 10 years, I've worked on my mindset. So when I met you and Rachel and I was just in complete awe, I was like, all right, this is amazing. Listen to the negative voice. You admire them. What do they do? How do you freaking show up every day like they do? And I used it as a motivating tool for me. And then I go to, okay, Jenna's freaking amazing. She can pretty much have any guest that she wants on. I have to earn my spot. So I'm not going to reach out as a favor. I'm not going to reach out and say, hey, because you're my friend. Like none of that. I I have to be one of my favorite quotes, girl, is from Steve Martin, the comedian of all people. Be so good they cannot ignore you. Yes. Period. And so to me, it wasn't you should have me on because I'm your friend. It isn't you should have me on because I built a billion dollar company. It's you should have me on because you think I'm good enough to bring service to your audience. And I thrive on that. And so I put my head down and I work my butt off and I look at results. And the same thing yeah. happened with Maria Menounos. She actually said, no, I invited her on my show. And she said, no. And instead of taking offense to it, I said, okay, Lisa, this means you're not good enough yet. And so using that as a way to get better is a tool that I don't think people use enough. 
So, but then you, you told me your story and then you were like, oh my God, I was nervous to ask you. And I'm like, what? What is happening right now? Isn't that funny? I feel like it was just such a good reminder of like the things we tell ourselves or the stories we tell ourselves when sometimes it's like, wait, we both wanted the same thing. We were both just like waiting. So now is the perfect time. I feel like it's the divine time to have you on And I want to talk about your negative self-talk and how you leverage that. But first, tell us a little bit about your story. Who are you? Where did you get your start? You referenced a billion-dollar business. Let's talk about all of that. (laughs) All right. So in a snapshot, I was brought up in North London. I'm Greek Orthodox. So growing up, I was told constantly from my dad, my grandparents, that I was going to be a stay-at-home wife. And as you know, they didn't mean it as an insult. They They weren't saying like, you're going to be in your place. It was just their perspective. It's the way they grew up. They grew up in a very tiny town in the mountains in Cyprus. Like when my dad was born, they had to send a donkey for my dad to be delivered. That's how rural, like third world, my dad grew up. So in the village he grew up in, there was only a certain amount of kids that were allowed to go to high school. And even then it wasn't in that village. They had to go to a different village. Now imagine that. So they were like, okay, well, women end up having children because there was no contraception. So they only send the men to go out and be educated. So when you break it down like that, I don't take offense to the fact that my dad just thought I was going to be a stay-at-home wife. I didn't take offense to the fact that my grandmother, like, honest God, I would fall on my knees, scrape my leg, fall off my bike or whatever. And Every time my grandma would come up to me and, you know, wipe off the blood and had a thick Greek accent, she would say, oh, don't worry, you'll go be okay by the time you get married. <laughs> so, like, the, so when you think about the subconscious message yes. I was getting every single day, it was you're going to be a stay-at-home wife and the pinnacle of your life is getting married. So even yeah. though I grew up in London with, you know, in a metropolis where it's like you can be anything and do anything, it became just a fluffy in the air notion versus you can actually do it. So once I really wanted to be in film, I argued with my dad. He didn't want me to be film. He gave up because he was like, well, you're going to be a stay at home wife in a way. So who cares what you study? And then I ended up getting married and me and my husband, we had big dreams of making movies. You know, Tom, he wanted to be in the film business. He came from film. He had to film education as well. And so the plan was, We were going to make enough money that we can fund our own movies because I'd worked on a film and go, I actually had an actor and it's, it's not a joke. This stuff actually happens. I had an actor (laughs) throw a matchbox at me on set one day because he was in a bad mood. So this stuff actually happens. And in that moment, you can imagine my dreams came crushing down because I'd been told I was going to be a stay at home wife. I'm come to America. I get a job on a movie set and I get mistreated. And I was like, wow, the the reality of the dream doesn't align with the dream I had in my head. And I'm never going to stay true to a fake notion of what that dream is if it doesn't resonate when you get there. And so I was just heartbroken. And Tom had a similar bad movie experience where they just butchered his movie and he wanted his name taken off the script. And so he was like, babe, in order to control the art, you have to control the resources. And that means the finance. So, hey, why don't we go on a business entrepreneurship journey and we'll work (laughs) for like a year and a half and we'll make our millions and we'll build our movies like simple plan. (laughs) 
right? Like should be two different people. I love that that was the plan. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> this was 18 years ago. So even entrepreneurship wasn't a word, right? It was like, no. oh, so, okay, yeah, yeah. Go out and try and make money. Yeah. So in that deal, as a partnership, we had agreed to carry both carry the weight of 50-50. So we broke down and the game we like to play is no BS. What would it actually take to achieve something? Because a lot of us dismiss something before we actually lay out what it would actually take to get there. So yeah. with the no BS, what would it take for Tom to spend every ounce of his waking moments on a biz building a tech business? So he had had a potential to team up with a guy. So that's why it was like, well, let's do this. Let's build yep. this tech business. We'll go and make a bunch of money. We'll sell the business in a year and a half and then we'll make films. So with this tech guy, it was like, okay, I have to focus all my time, all my energy is going to be on making money. So who is doing this that we can look at, admire and replicate? So we looked at Steve Jobs and we said, okay, how does Steve Jobs live his life? Well, if you look at, he always used to wear the same color shirt. It was in the black polo or black t-shirt. Why? Because he doesn't want to waste even one ounce of energy on deciding what freaking color shirt he's going to make because we all only have a certain amount of decisions that we can make in a day very clearly. So we took that seriously, girl. We were like, all right, it's like a business. This is Bill you Enterprises. You're going to go out and you're going to focus on work and I'm going to do everything else. I can feel proud of that. I can feel like I'm doing my part. You wake up, your clothes are next to you. You go to the gym, like the keys are by the door. You go to the gym, you get back from the gym, your towel by the shower is ready. Your work clothes are ready. You've got your lunchbox, right? Like all the bills, you don't have to worry about anything. And for a year and a half, I was driven like an entrepreneur. I'm like, this is amazing. I've got my role. I've got my part. Now, as we both joked at the beginning of the reality that in a year and a half, we could be that successful, that year and a half turned into eight years. And what ended up happening in hindsight, looking back, is the belief system I had that I was told when I was younger started to really seep into my behavior and I started to then act in accordance. So after the year and a half, I started to say, you know, Lisa, this is for the business. This is for the sake of movies. You can do this. This is for movies. And by year three, it wasn't about movies anymore. By year three, it was like, I'm supporting my husband. You know, he's really energized. And so the narrative in my head changed. And I didn't see it coming eight years and I didn't see it coming. And I call it the purgatory of the mundane because here's the problem. A lot of us make change. And I'm sure a lot of people that you've interviewed when they make massive change, it's usually because they've hit rock bottom. It's usually because they've lost something massive. They've depressed and they're committing suicide. They've been sexually abused. Their partner cheated on them. Like it's usually something extremely dramatic that then makes that shift for someone to take action. But what about people like me? What about the people that are in, like literally it feels like purgatory, but your life's mundane enough that you don't really make a rattle of it. You don't really speak up. You're like, well, who am I to complain? So-and-so is going through this. You know, these people can't even afford this. And my husband's still got a good job. So you don't actually make a change. And that once Tom came home one day and I was like, look, you're miserable. Let's leave this tech company. It's not making you happy. We'd built, you know, a couple of million dollars in equity. I was like, I don't care about the equity, like hand it back. Life isn't about that. I've realized life is about me and you feeling connected and feeling alive. So walk away from the business. Let's move to Greece. Let's be creative. Let's write. Let's get back in tune with who we were 
And so he went into quit and he realized that his business partners were miserable too. And so they came up with all to collectively as an idea of like, let's do a business that we actually love. So my husband comes home that day and he's like, babe, I know I just was about <laughs> to say we're moving to Greece, but I need you to weigh it out for another 12 to 18 months. Now imagine I've heard this now for eight years. So it's yeah. like, uh-huh. And so I was like, all right, cool. What's the next thing? And he's like, we're starting a protein bar company. I was like, all right, cool. How can I help being, you know, the, the wife? Because <laughs> I told myself, you're a good wife, Lisa. You support your husband, right? My The narrative I told myself, my identity had changed. Yes. So I was like, babe, how can I help you? Our house was on the line. Because so if we lost it, we wouldn't have been able to afford to the house. We would have lost it. So to me, I had two drivers. Be a good freaking wife and be there for your husband and don't lose your house. So when yeah. Quest, when we first started, it was like, hey, do you mind shipping bars from your living room floor? Do you mind doing a rolling pin and knives <laughs> and cutting a few? Right? That's how it started to growing at 57,000% where I was shipping bars on my living room floor literally one day. And before I knew it, I was shipping out $80 million of inventory every day. I had 40 employees, 40, 40 employees underneath me within two years and a 10,000 square foot space of shipping. And I went from literally being a mother to my two dogs and helping out my husband. And in that process, I know that's a really long story, but girl, it's in that process. It was in the process of me being uncomfortable. It was in the process of me being in environments where I didn't know what I was doing, but I had the drive to keep going because I had the fear of the house and my husband, like letting him down. I didn't allow my inadequacies to get in my way. I didn't allow the obstacles, the hurdles, the insecurities, the, you know, imposter syndrome or whatever word you want to use. I didn't allow that to stop me because in my mindset at the time, I couldn't afford to let that stop me. Yes. Now in that year, in those two years, I was like, who am I? This is exciting. I'm waking up every day, yes. not worried about, is my husband going to be proud of me anymore? I'm now waking up every day and going, me overcoming, shipping this product to Dubai is actually helping the anorexic community. It's actually helping mothers I had a mother reach out to me in the early days saying, thank you for your protein bar. My son is type one diabetic. And this is the moment where I'm like in a sweat, hairnet. I don't know what I'm doing every day. I'm like, Lisa, yes. this is what you signed up for. You want to be in movies? You know, what the hell? And I get this letter and it's this mom saying, my son has type one diabetes his entire life since he was a child, I wasn't able to ever give him sweets, to ever give him candy. He would go to parties. I felt like a terrible mother because I was having to jump in and rip it out of his hand before he could eat it. And now he can eat your bars. And now I can make cookies out of your bars. And she said, because of your product, I feel like a better mother. <laughs> now that is something I can wake up for every day, right? Yes. Now I start to go, it's not about the fear of failing. It's finding out who I am. It's me finding out the joy that makes me want to wake up every day and the narrative completely changed. And that is where my entire journey of, you know, where I am now all started. And it was purely a shift from being a housewife for eight years. And I, as you know, girl, there is, for anyone's listening that wants to be a housewife, you need to go after it with utter ferocity. And that's yeah. one thing I never want to judge. And I, I'm worrying about the narrative that is now happening amongst women where women yep. are like, oh, you're not, yo, you, you don't work. Oh, you don't have a business. Oh, you're not an entrepreneur. Oh, you, and now women who stay at home with their children are feeling badly. And I'm like, no, that's not the point. Yes. The point yes. is empowering women to have whatever life they want. 
Yes. They want. And for me, I didn't want to be a stay at home wife, but I got stuck there. So I now, I spent eight years doing something I didn't want to do. By golly girl, I'm not going to spend eight years and even one second doing something I don't. Your story is just so like every time I hear even just a tiny piece of it, I'm like so inspired by you because you take that same energy that people can hear right now that people can see online and you put it into every single thing that you do. And one of the things that I think aligns perfectly with what you were just saying is about decision and deciding what you want for your life. And Something that I madly respect and something that I think is such an important discussion to have on this show is that you made a choice to not have children. And I respect that so deeply. And it's something that you talk about often in a way of like, don't ask her why, don't even ask. But I'm going to go there just for today because I know that it's a piece that could help other women feel unapologetic about their choice. Walk me through that. Go. I really don't mind that you ask me why and I'm actually interested in why you think you shouldn't ask me why but I this is one of those that I so want to talk to you about you very specifically because the decision to not have children so I when I met my husband I was like I'm gonna have four I wanted a big family you know Greek I want like the big shebang like so it wasn't even that I was born not wanting children I wanted children I thought I was going to have children it was expected of me I told my husband I was gonna have children I promised my parents I was gonna have children and Over time, I started to change my mind. And when I say change my mind, it's the process that I was just saying about how I ended up at Quest and how I ended up, you know, really kind of taking ownership of my own life. That was part of it. That was part of me reassessing, hang on a minute, I've spent the last eight years doing something that wasn't, I never asked myself, what do I want? Yes. And what is it going to take to get there? And am I willing to do it? I just never asked myself. And so once I started building quests and once that started to really get traction, I looked back and I was like, I did myself a disservice. So now I need to give myself permission and grace to just ask myself the question. Yeah. Don't judge myself, whatever answer I come up with, you know, but having to give myself the grace to not judge myself. And so I was like, I love what I do. Oh my God, I love what I do. And then I started to assess, okay, well, what does it mean? You see a lot of women that do both. So what does a regular Wednesday look like for you? And I really do take that because I think we get all so caught up, right? It's even with getting married. People get caught up in the wedding versus the marriage itself. Yes, yes. And for me, it's like, it's not even about having the kid on the day it's born, right? Like I can convince myself. If all I did was focus on that, of course I can convince myself. Having a baby Tom running around girl, oh my God, would melt my heart. Like with his little ears and oh my God, I would just, I'd freaking die. So if I focused on that, I would definitely have children. So I go, what does a regular Wednesday look like? What does a regular Saturday look like? Is that the life that I want? And so I started to ask, okay, no women can do it. Women can do both. So do I want both? What would that look like? Okay. I would spend maybe eight hours at work, but then I'd feel guilty and come home. It's like, okay, well, do I want someone else bringing up my children? You know, I just asked myself all these questions. And then I said, okay, well, that's me. But what about Tom? Now, my husband is extremely ambitious. When I married him, he was very ambitious. I've never, ever asked him to ever be less ambitious. That's who he is. And for me to ask that of him means that I was blind when I got married. So he's not a nine to five guy. He's not coming home and having dinner with me at 7 p.m. And I know that. Now, when it's me and him, it's fine. But I played the game. What does a Wednesday look like? What does a Saturday look like? And 
Monday to Friday, we agree that we are basically pretty much business partners. And like the last hour of the evening, we may, you know, like I may like rest my head on his chest, but that's the life we've decided to have. Yeah. So now deciding that, that means pretty much Monday to Friday, I'm a single mother. Do I want that? No judgment, but do I want that? Now on the weekends, I know my husband, he wants to be a great father. So that means on the weekends, he's spending it with them. Okay. Well, when's mine and his time? Now, and I'm just honest again, remember no judgment. I don't want to be third on his list. I want to be number one. And once I could own that, and once I could Mm -hmm. even ask him and he said that of me, it was, it started to become easy to make that decision that things would change. And I don't disagree. You know, I've had parents say, you don't know what you've got until you have a child. And I was like, I believe it. I really yeah, believe but it. But you also don't know what you don't know. <laughs> Thank you. So it's like, but I'm not losing anything right now. And I know yes. what I have with my husband. I know yeah. what I have with him. And to even think about even potentially doing something that could risk that relationship. I was like, no, I'm doing it with my eyes wide open. Yeah. So that's how I kind of really went detailed into what does it actually look like if we had children? And then why did I want children in the first place? That's the second yeah. key. Okay, you know, okay, well, it's a belief. I love being around kids and family. It's like, okay, love that. You know, that's one thing that I don't know right now how I can replicate. But it also is, I think people want to pass on their genes. They want to be remembered. Like this was heartbreaking, but such a powerful insight. David Letterman did an interview with Kim Kardashian. Did you see it by any chance? No, I haven't. Okay. So he does this interview with Kim Kardashian on his show. Kim Kardashian goes on and she was like, yeah, I was telling my sister Kylie that I'm going to do your show. And she was like, who? And so obviously they're jokes. So Kim's like, you know, it's so funny. My, my sister Kylie didn't even know who you were. David freaking Letterman. Now, <laughs> when I say that's how easy people can be forgotten, that's yeah. how easy people can be forgotten. So yeah. I get 100% why people want children. It's like you're always in their lives, right? You're yeah. always in their lives. And it's not going to be for probably two or three or four generations that you become a myth, right? Your great-grandmother. I don't know my great-grandmother. Yeah. She's a myth. So I go, okay, that's real. That is real impact that you're having that people will remember you by. Oh, so being remembered is important, right? So then I go, that's the thing that's important. It's not necessarily giving birth to a child. It's yes. having impact on someone that remembers your name. So then I go, okay, is it my name or is it my work that I do? Right. And I start to just peel back the onion, peel back the onion. And now, as you know, my, the thing that I focus on is creating content that's going to empower young girls. And here's the thing, when your daughter grows up, I don't need her to know my name, but I want her to say, mom, that book that we read together when we were kids, that's a staple in my upbringing. I'm going to read this book to my kids. So as you know, I'm creating, you know, female superhero stories. And, and so then I go, oh, I get it now. I get why yeah. I wanted children. I get that it doesn't fit the lifestyle I want, but now I figured out a way to still get the emotion I'm looking for. Let's do a visualization exercise. Okay, close your eyes and imagine a meal that's nourishing, chef-created, and plant-rich. So you take a bite, you realize it also tastes amazing. You're feeling satisfied and energized and ready to take on the rest of your workday. Okay, now open your eyes. That meal that you visualize is exactly what Sakara is all about. Sakara gives you the ability to not just eat healthy, but to truly enjoy it. 
They have chef-created plant-rich meals that build a foundation for radiant health. Along with delicious plant-rich meals, Sakara also offers daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to support your nutrition. Experience the transformative power of plants with their best-selling metabolism superpower. Made with organic raw cacao, it works to boost energy, eliminate bloating, minimize sugar cravings, and reduce fatigue. I had my first Sakara meals delivered a few weeks ago, and they really impressed me. Drew and I both reached for the macro plate loaded with veggies and topped with this insanely good tahini dressing. It was a perfect fuel up after a ride on my bike. Right now, Sakara is offering you 20% off your first order when you go to sakara.com slash gold digger or enter the code gold digger at checkout. That's sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash gold digger to get 20% off your first order. As an entrepreneur, you probably don't think twice about upgrading the technology that helps you run your business when the old versions aren't cutting it anymore. So why do we hesitate to upgrade the big piece of outdated technology in our bedrooms? Talking about your mattress, when did you last upgrade the bed that you're sleeping on every night? Purple is comfort reinvented. Only Purple has the grid, which is a stretchy gel material that's amazingly supportive for your back and your legs while cushioning your shoulders, neck, and hips. And because of how it's designed, the grid doesn't trap air. Air actually circulates and flows through it so that you'll never overheat. I've seen the Purple Grid firsthand, and it truly looks and feels unlike any other mattress material. And that's the whole point. Purple's proprietary technology has been innovating comfort for over 15 years. Purple really is comfort for an uncomfortable world. Right now, you'll get 10% off of any order of $200 or more. Go to purple.com slash golddigger10 and use a promo code golddigger10. That's purple.com slash golddigger10, promo code golddigger10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Purple.com slash golddigger10, promo code golddigger10. Terms apply. Wow. And that is so powerful because it's legacy, right? Like that's like the word that a lot of people are seeking and striving. Like when you dial it down, when you water it down, it's like, what is that legacy? And if I choose to not have children, then who is going to be impacted by my legacy? So wait, let's talk about your fascination for empowering women, older women, young women, any age women. Tell me about how that came to be and what you're doing about it. Uh, it was purely accidental. And I've learned that this is the, the fun of life to yeah. explore, right? To yeah. not necessarily have a, I have a very, very laid out plan, my 10 year plan, my five year plan, my stepping plan, my year plan, right? Like I'm a plan. Yes. But at yes. the same time, you got to leave room for the unexpected. And yeah. so me, we built Quest. That became a billion dollar company. We realized that to truly impact people's lives, you need to affect the mind as well as the body. So for us, so I started to build a studio within Quest Nutrition and we were doing content that was really changing people's lives. And then we realized it was as companies grow that your vision doesn't always align with your business partners as you get bigger and bigger and you expand. And so Tom and I looked at each other and we said, hey, what is really important to us? Is it the finance? Is it everything, you know, or is it actually making impact? And if it is, we need to put our money where our mouth is. And because the business partners don't agree on the mind side of things, and we do, the beauty of having a successful company and having, you know, the finances is to live the life that really does bring you joy. So we started to, yes. so we went, we created impact theory. I was all behind the scenes. We were creating great impact in video. 
And then people were just like, hey, Tom, bring your wife on. So it all happened by accident. I used to be petrified to be in front of the camera. I was, you know, the girl that ripped up photos of her when she was a kid because I was so embarrassed. I got teased for my nose. I used to have a head brace. So my self-esteem was extremely low from the being in front of the camera, putting yourself out there standpoint. I built my reputation within myself as being a great supporter being behind the scenes, being the neck of like, it's the joke that we haven't, you know, have you ever seen my uh, Big Fat Greek Wedding where it's like, yes. the man is head, but I am the neck and I turn his head whichever way I want. Right? So it's like, that was the joke. It was that like I was the neck that was supporting Tom and everything else. And then I was like, I started to notice talking to women like yourselves, talking to other women where all the things I had done just for my own sanity, just so that I wouldn't crash, just so that I wouldn't fall into a depressed state. I like, it's super clunky and it's super freaking wordy and nuanced. (laughs) And sometimes I contradict myself and I get it. And I'm like, you know what? Don't judge yourself. Yes. Sometimes I'm a big ball of mush and I want to be super squishy. And other times I'm going to flex my muscles and my veins are going to pop and you better not, you know, challenge me. And it's like, yes, I can have the beauty of both. And so accepting the beauty of both and just talking, I started to realize, wow, it was actually impacting people. And now I go to what's more important, Lisa, impacting people or your ego? Because I didn't yes. want to be in front of the camera. I didn't, I like, I was petrified all the time. And I'm like, but you're actually impacting people. Now here's yep. the thing, girl, no judgment. If I want to feel good about myself every day and I want to protect my ego, then don't go on camera. And that's it. Right? <laughs> like I, I don't have to. Like there's right. no judgment. There. And I, re- I removed the judgment from that decision because it's like, it's okay if you're, you want to protect your self-esteem. But it's also okay if you say, I'm going to make myself uncomfortable every day in order to get to this goal. So I was like, I'm just going to make myself uncomfortable every day. And in order for me to do that, I just have to be me. And being me means all the mess that comes with it, all the like contradictions (laughs) that I may say in the same sentence. Yes, I'm a big ball of Martian. Yeah, also don't mess with me. Like, I'm just going to accept it. And there are going to be people that resonate with the story and people that don't. And going back to how we started this whole thing is like, Either be so good they can't ignore you or change, yeah. right? Do yeah. something different, but either commit or don't commit. And so I was like, I'm going to freaking commit and I'm going to go all in until I don't enjoy it anymore. Because remember, yeah. I spent eight years doing something I didn't want to do. So I'm not going to do this yes. more if I don't enjoy it. And I found my own joy, this thing that I never thought I would do. It pushes me every day. It makes me face my ego a lot, which I actually like now, instead of seeing it as a negative, it's now a positive because I remind myself, I pride myself on growth, not being right, not being successful, not getting any accolades or any awards. Like I pride myself on growth. And so now no one else can control that. You know, what's crazy is yesterday I watched your talk on Growth Day. And it's such an amazing platform. If people haven't looked, go to growthday.com slash Jenna. It's amazing. But I watched your talk on there. And something you said just stood out to me so much because we've had so many incredible female guests come on here and say, you know, ignore the negative voices or your inner mean girl or, you know, learn to silence her, turn that silence down. And you flipped the script on that. So talk to me about that because we touched on it at the beginning. And I do not want to skip this piece of how you show up and teach because it's so powerful. So walk me through that. Uh, Thanks, girl. It came from the fact that I 
wasn't good enough. And what I mean by that is you, you read all the books, right? You hear all the therapists, you hear everyone say like, you know, ignore the negative voice, you know, don't listen, give yourself a cuddle all the time. Don't push yourself. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. You like, and I just, yeah. I was like, I'm so bad. <laughs> I can't switch the negative voice off. Like if you've actually been able to like do it, teach me I'm a good yeah. student but I can't freaking do it and so yeah. then right all the negativity the insecurities I have I even said you know like a little bit earlier I was teased for my looks I had yeah. the unibrow I had the head brace that wrapped all the way around the neck I was made fun of and so I was extremely insecure I would actually creep into my mom's room and rip up photos of myself if it was mm. taken from the side because I didn't like my nose and so the negative voice is there. I've tried to unwire it. I've really tried and it hasn't worked. So I go, okay, going back to the language I like to use, which empowers me, the superhero language. They're like, yeah. okay, if this right now, it's your kryptonite, right? Right now it's holding you back. It's holding you back from showing up every day, feeling powerful, feeling yeah. powerful is important. Yeah. And it's stopping me every step of the way. So now I have a choice. Let it keep stopping me or change the way I see it. And so it was yeah. purely out of desperation that I was like, but what if it was my friend? Yeah. Like what if it's yeah. actually saying something instead of pushing it away? What if it's, so in fact, let me say this to you, you know, when someone makes a criticism of you, sometimes you actually don't care. And sometimes it stings and you can't forget it. And usually yeah. the one that sting and you can't forget are the ones that's touched a nerve. Yep. So there's some I, bit of truth in there that really gets you. Exactly. So now I go, I've spent 20 years of my life protecting myself from that sting and it hasn't served me. Like it hasn't gotten me anything in life. I actually want, like, what is that goal you want and do the things that serve that goal. And so my God, like seeing that that negative voice wasn't serving me. In fact, it was holding me back time and time again. I was yes. like, how do I overcome this? Okay, great. It's perspective. What if this was my friend? If this was my friend, what is it trying to tell me? That sting means something. What does that sting mean? So if it is something about business, let's say, all right, cool. Yeah. Oh, Jenna thinks I'm terrible podcaster. Jenna, please tell me how, right? It's like, so if that negative voice is saying to me, yeah. Lisa, you're no good. You're going to go on Jenna's podcast. Like she's so, she's the best in the freaking business in it. Like she's honestly go, I mean that you are the best in the business. So inviting me on, of course, comes with some negative voice. Of course it does. And here's the thing. I was like, I love it. And I've worked 10 years on loving that. Once upon yes. a time, I would have been petrified. I would have come on. I would have been, I either would have said no to you or I would have been a bumbling idiot. But now I go, <laughs> the negative voice is telling me something. What is it telling yeah. me? It's telling me that she's so freaking good, right? That you're worried you're going to mess up. Okay, well, why are you worried? You've done this before. Okay, you're worried because, right? And then you just follow the thought. Yeah. Oh, that's my worry. Okay, cool. I'm just going to say it up front then. Like, I'm going to say, Jenna, I'm actually really nervous about coming on your podcast with you, <laughs> right? Because now it's like out in the open. Yeah. And I'm obsessed with studies. And Vanessa Van Edwards, I don't know if you know who she is, but she wrote a book no. and she's freaking incredible. She wrote a book called Captivate. And I interviewed her and she basically said over Zoom interviews, they've been doing these tests. And 
if you, let's say, drop the ball, in essence, let's say you're meeting someone for the first time and you mess up within the first five minutes of the conversation, people are way more likely to like you because you've dropped the ball. And they're like, oh, they're normal. They're human. Now, (laughs) now, here's the thing. You don't drop the ball until right at the end. People find you way more distrustful because they're like, oh, this whole time I've been thinking they're one way. And then they've just dropped the ball. Oh, they've just shifted how I think about them. I don't know if I can trust them anymore. And just by where you show your failures or your falls is where people perceive you in the sun. So I was like, oh, this is the best news ever. I can just mess up right at the beginning and people are going to like me because I'm that honest and true. And so, but that helps me with the negative voice, right? That helps me not take the negative voice seriously. That helps me say, all right, you're telling me that I need to show up. Thank you so much for that. You're telling me that she's the best. Thank you for that. Right? Like all these things. Thank you, friend. Thank you for telling me things that I'm trying to protect my ego from. You have a superpower and a theme that I don't even know if you realize, but in this conversation, you continue to ask yourself why. Hmm. And whether it's your relationship, your choice to not have children, whether it's your ego or questioning. And I feel like so many people use things like social media as a pacifier to never have to go into their head and ask themselves or their heart, why? And I think that that is so powerful because when you start tracing those thought patterns or those limiting beliefs or those desires or those things that you don't want for your life, that's where I feel like you get to the heart of what your mission is. 100%. And here is where I think why people don't. They don't want to open the can of worms. Yes. Because let's say relationship. I think everyone can relate to this. You may be in a relationship, dating, whatever, maybe it's in the past or currently, and there's just something not right. Now, here's the thing. If you sit and ask yourself why, you may end up coming to the conclusion that you have to break up with him. You may have three children and now you have to come up with, I may have to divorce him. And that in and of itself is so scary that we don't open up the can of worms. Now here's the trick in the long term, it's way worse not opening it. It's Mm -hmm. way worse. So when I realized that, And I'm just like, just don't judge. That's the part, right? The non-judgment. And that's why I never opened the can of worms because I was like, I'm going to judge myself. I'm going to judge myself for not wanting children. So don't even ask yourself, Lisa, if you want children or not. Like that's the world I was living in for like a year because it's like, if I don't ask myself, then I don't have to then feel badly about myself or judge myself. And now I don't, right? Like that starts on a path of then saying, now I have to tell other people I'm not going to have children. Now I have to break my mom's heart who actually broke down and cried when I told her I wasn't going to have kids. Now I'm going to get judgment. And I actually had women come out saying, oh, you're less of a woman. Because I chose not to have kids. I'm less of a woman. I had people say that to me. And so you want to know why people don't open that can of worms? It's because of that. It's because from asking Mm -hmm. yourself, do I want children? It leads to having to say, be uncomfortable, tell people time and time again, defend your position sometimes. And it's hard. And so I understand why people do it, but I don't think that they think through the long term and that it actually is worse for them. And just as a total side note, that's one thing that I freaking loved about you from day one. You from day one, someone who loves being a mother, like you see you with your, and like you just 
you glow from ear to ear and yet you were so damn supportive with me yeah. and my choice and so anyway that's just a little side note of how much I just freaking adore you woman and you've been so supportive of that and you ask me the question where a lot of people don't ask me well I just appreciate it because I think it's a huge decision that a lot of people make in haste because of the biological clock or the timing or what's expected or the suburb they live in and it's like no this is a huge decision and especially for women that desire careers or desire challenge or growth I mean it's a massive decision and so that's why when people can make a confident decision whatever side of the fence they land on I am like yes yes, this is what women need is to one, have these conversations in the first place, but to two, just be honest about that decision because I think it gives other people permission to think differently than maybe they were conditioned to. Look mm. at your story. You were conditioned for so long to imagine this life and then you had that life and you're like, this isn't what I thought it was, you know? Yeah, 100%. Okay, so let's talk about what you're working on, why you're so excited about it, what the mission is. Give it to us straight because this is so exciting. Oh, thank you, girl. So when in Having Built Quest and now Impact Theory and Women of Impact, I pride myself on growth, as I said. So now my growth and evolution has become really identify who I'm trying to impact, like be extremely yeah. concrete. And this is where I find a lot of people go wrong in businesses where it's their goal isn't utter clarity. So you may say yeah. I want to impact people, right? And it's like, what does that even mean? Like you yeah. need to know, for me, I need to know if I'm actually working towards my goal or not. If I'm, you know, I don't want to blink in five years and pretend I'm actually creating an impact, right? And then go, oh, I haven't actually impacted. It's just really been stroking my ego the whole time, right? Like, no, yeah. that's not the goal. So I want to create impact. What does that mean? Best analogy is actually one that I'm going to steal from my husband that he uses that I find so powerful when people are goal setting. I want to win a gold medal, right? Some people will be like, when are we in a gold medal? Okay, at what? The Olympics? Well, of course the Olympics. Okay, summer or winter? Um, maybe it's summer. Okay, swimming, running. Oh, no, no, swimming. Backstroke, front stroke, front stroke, 100 <laughs> meter, right? Like that's how yes. detailed you have to get with your goal. So when yeah. I say I want to impact people, when I say I want to impact women, I have to be so specific. So I know what I'm doing every single day to actually work towards the goal. And this is going back to the fact that I blinked and eight years went by in my life. How does yes. that happen? Because you don't ever have clarity. You don't ask yourself the questions. You don't ask yourself why. And you don't have utter clarity of what you're trying to get to. So yes. that was a long way of me saying, I've identified exactly what I'm working towards every day. I can show up on days that I'm struggling, on days that my health is bad because I have massive gut issues, on days that I don't feel good about myself, on days that I think, Lisa, you're, you know, you're terrible. You're no good. On those days, I have to hold so strong to my goal. And so I'm like, what is that? It's definitely not money. Whoever's holding any emotion towards money, that will not get you up when you feel shit about yourself at all. Yes. So it's the emotion. Okay. What emotion do I want to impact women? Okay, great. But how do I attach that to emotion? How did Lisa feel? And I, it's kind of weird that I talk to myself in the third person or refer to myself, but how did Just I feel it. when I was 14 years old, right? I've mentioned it multiple times in this interview. I felt badly about myself. What if I could actually impact a 14-year-old girl right now that is sitting at home, that gets bullied like I did, that doesn't feel good about herself, 
if I can impact her, maybe she doesn't have to do 20 to 30 years of unwiring like I did. Maybe she doesn't have to live eight years of her life doing something that she doesn't feel true to her. All right, that is something I can get behind. That is something that every morning when I am tired, every morning when I feel badly about myself, right? Where we we just do the pity party, like, oh, why me? Or whatever the pity party is that we're having or like the insecurities that we're having. In those moments, girl, I need to go to something. And I go to, are you going to let this take over? Or are you going to yeah. fight for that 14-year-old girl right now that is struggling at home that feels no good? Man, you wanted to talk about light a fire under my butt every single time? Yeah. It is is that and so that is my mission so when I say how do I show up every day in doing that the show that I do women of impact is talking to grown women about the unwiring basically that they've had to do over the last 20 years and now I go yeah. dead daughters right you you send me photos of your daughter like yes. you and I keep telling you like this is what I live for send yes. me like you the fact that you see your daughter in a Wonder Woman outfit or a cape yes. and you think of me and you send yes. me a photo, like that warms yes. my heart more than anything. That's my goal. That's my yeah. dream. That I am able to create entertainment. So kind of, I kind of skipped this portion of the piece. So quest bars, when we think about why did we create Quest, you can't change people's behavior. Up until that point, everyone's like, go to the gym six times a week and you know, eat chicken breast and broccoli. That's not human behavior. Human behavior is they want to Netflix and chill and eat ice cream. So how do you <laughs> leverage human behavior instead of trying to change it? So we're like, great, yeah. if we made a protein bar that tasted like candy that someone can eat while they're Netflix and chilling and it happens to be good for them. Now it's like you've got the double whammy and that's how we yep. ended up taking off. So what's that? For mindset, it's entertainment, it's comic books, it's animation, it's movies. Let me tell you, how many movies do you sit down and watch with your daughter? Or how many books do you read with her? As she gets older, she's going to be listening to music, pop culture. Right? I can't yes. affect the school she goes to. I can't affect the neighborhood she was brought up in. But man, if I can affect pop culture and I can affect the, the, the dialogue that kids are now having with themselves, with movies, with animation, now I can reach global impact. That is my mission. So I do the twofold. Every day I work on impacting the mothers of the world where, you know, and mothers, I just mean the older women. Yep. From let's say 18 to, you know, 40, 45, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. Why did I even put a freaking like in real time? <laughs> See, like, I'm just like, no, you can't even limit, right? It has to be yeah. until you take your last breath. So giving content that helps, but then also affecting the young girl from a young age that hopefully the mother that I'm affecting gives the book of empowerment with, you know, superhero. I'm sorry, as you know, I've been working on the superhero comic yes. book female story and it's really coming together. That's it, right? Now I can work towards that. Once that's done, I can shout from the rooftops so that every girl, you know, it's like, give it to your daughter, give it to your friend's daughter, yes. give it to your sister. Like if we can all just, anyway, I, I could go on, on that note for just so long because I'm well, so passionate. I love it. Well, and I think too, what's so incredible about what you're doing is you're casting women as the leads of their lives. You're mm -hmm. casting them as the heroes of their own stories. And that's what we need. You know, it took how many years for Disney to create a movie where the woman didn't fall in love and the man didn't save her like <laughs> Moana. Thank you. Yeah. You know, and so it's it's crazy when we look at 
how slow progress can be in entertainment and how much of a force you have to be to shift that narrative and to show up in that way that makes impact. And if anyone is ready for the job, it is you. Oh, thanks. But that's the thing. It's creating your own narrative. And I realized my narrative was my husband was going to save me for eight years. I was waiting for him to come home every day and make me feel a certain way, right? Like bring me entertainment, make me laugh. How was your day, babe? Like I was waiting for him. And there's just a powerful story that my, as you know, I've suffered from a lot of health issues. I had one day, I was in the middle of a photo shoot, fell to my knees. I like excused myself and then literally fell to my knees where I couldn't even breathe. My gut was in just such disarray. So I had the entire photography team waiting for me downstairs. I just was like, oh, I'm just going to be back in a minute. And I couldn't move. I was literally on the floor clutching my stomach and I grabbed my phone and I was calling my husband because I knew he was in the house. And I was like, and he wasn't answering. And I'm texting him, I need you, I need you, I need you. And he wasn't coming. Now, what I didn't know is he had another business meeting, so he didn't even have his phone on him. And in that moment, I was on the floor for about five minutes. And in that moment, I was like, oh my God, I keep waiting for him to save me. I don't need to be saved. I want him to save me, but I don't need him to save me. And honestly, those words that I said in my head in that moment is get the F up. You are your own hero. Get the F up. And I got up and I went downstairs and I finished the photo shoot. And that night he was like, oh, babe, did you need something? And I was like, no, I got it. I handled my, my stuff. Um, but it, like the reason why I wanted to tell you that story, though, is the analogy of us being our own hero and what that yeah. actually means, right? Yeah. It, it means you have to tell yourself every day, what am I doing to be there for myself? And what am I doing yeah. every day to show up for myself? And that's what I talk about is how I work. The words I say to myself, the mindset that I have is also I can be my own hero. I mean, you yeah. know, kids, we put capes on, right? You, you give the little kid, your daughter, you know, an outfit to put on. And as soon as she puts the cape, what does she do, right? She probably puts her fist in the air. She jumps off sofas. And it's like, mm-hmm. we allow ourselves to embody a feeling as kids, right? We play dress up. Yes. We allow ourselves to imagine. And as adults, we don't. As adults, mm-hmm. we don't allow ourselves to say you're your own hero, to jump off a freaking couch because you want to, right? Like we don't yeah. allow ourselves. And so that's why I love storytelling with empowerment, with just embodiment, because I think it all has a massive knock-on effect. Yes. So where can everybody find you and connect with you and be inspired by you? Like this is just the tip of the iceberg. So where can everybody get more of you in their life? Oh, thank you, girl. If you're an Instagram fan, go over to Instagram at Lisa Billu. And if you're a massive podcast fan, listen to me on Women of Impact, where I have incredible women on, which you know I've been waiting for you. But I said that we need to do it in person. So yes. I've been waiting for this freaking COVID to be over. <laughs> um, but yeah, the second we can do this in person, I definitely want you on my show because I just think that's going to be just so incredibly amazing. But yeah, on podcasts, Women of Impact. Amazing. Lisa, thank you so much. You did not disappoint. My vision board is getting a check mark on it for having you on my show. And I am just so grateful for your support and encouragement. And I love when we just text each other like thinking of you, love you, rooting (laughs) for you, because I think the world needs more of that. 
Oh man, I completely agree. And look, it's, I'm sure your audience already knows this, but who you are on your podcast is exactly who you are off. Like you are the most, one of the most genuine human beings I have ever met. And I think that life is way too short to BS and be around people that you don't want to be around. And that is why like me, like literally we just randomly text each other. Just thinking of you, wanted to say, Hey, and I miss you. And it's like that kind of support I didn't grow up with. So like leaning into it, encouraging other women to do that with their friends, with each other, because girl, like when you have people like that, that show up for you, it makes you want to show up for them too. So I just want to take this opportunity to say thank you for always showing up for me. Right back at you. What a powerful episode. My gosh, these conversations leave me feeling so fired up and inspired. And it just feels so refreshing to have such honest dialogue that you get to listen in on. I hope you enjoyed every word of this interview with Lisa. She is one of my favorite people on planet Earth, and I can never get enough of her inspiration. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. 